2: are listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
1: Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to the very first episode of Linux in the Hamshack in the new year of 2022. And just to make things excellent, we have started off with the Weekender. I mean, what a better way to start off a new year than with a Weekender. This is the 84th edition of the Weekender, and this is the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the Internet still going into the brand new year. So thanks, everybody, for staying along for the ride. We're glad you're here. And before we get into our topics, before we get into our amateur radio and hedonism and open source and all the good things that are good about life and amateur radio and open source, we will go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl, W5MOO.
1: And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And before we get down to the really good stuff, all the yummy food and all the alcohol and all the things that make life worth living, we make you sit through... The other stuff, because we have to talk about amateur radio. We have to talk about open source. We have to make this sort of legit for tax purposes or something. (laughs) But (laughs) none of that is true. But anyway, let's go ahead and get on with it. We start off with this weekend in amateur radio, which actually covers the next two weekends in amateur radio and perhaps beyond. But Bill leads us off with
3: upcoming contests. Right, it's a whole new year of CQ Contest, CQ Contest, and uh, we kick off the year just right uh, this weekend with the AWRL Riddy Roundup, which of course is no longer just Riddy, but uh, let's see when it starts. It starts on 1800 Zulu January 8th, and it runs to 2400 Zulu January 9th. Bands there are 80 meters through 10 meters, and modes I list as digital, because here they are. Amateurs worldwide contact exchange and exchange QSO information with other amateurs using digital modes. Uh, this includes Baudot, uh, RIDI, PSK, FT8, FT4, ASCII, Amtor, and packet attended operation only. On, of course, the 80 through 10 meter bands, no work. Any station may work any other station. Stations may work maybe worked once per band, regardless of mode. So that's kind of cool. You can kind of work them. On every band. Automated operation is not permitted, so that means you WSJTZ users, <laughs> <to> <laughs> turn off your automation. Ha ha ha. Oh, oh. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, and uh, each claimed contact must include contemporaneous a direct initiation by the operator on both sides of the contact. Alrighty, whatever that means. <laughs> so uh, check out the link to the rules in the show notes uh there is no uh, state qso party challenge or worked all qso parties and i haven't even hit the website to ensure that that's moving on to the new year but i'm i'm pretty certain that it is uh it's been a fairly popular program so maybe we'll get a a news blurb uh, about the the results from 2021 uh sometime in the next uh, few weeks here uh, next weekend, we have, uh, a couple more big contests. We have the North America Cuso Party, the NAQP, a quite popular contest. Uh, it runs from 1800 Zulu January 15th to 0559 Zulu January 16th. Bands there are 160 through 10, no work. Uh, mode is CW. So this is the CW version. And then two weeks later, you'll have the sideband and then, or sideband or Ritty, one or the other. <laughs> And then you'll have the other one. So uh, always a great fun to do this contest. Uh, new updated rules for 2022. So be mindful of the uh, single operator assisted class and see if you qualify for that class instead of the regular single operator. And, of course, I believe this team competitions are still occurring where you can sign up with, you know, f- I think five of your uh, your favorite ham radio people and <laughs> make a little team and have a little side competition. Uh, there's no real rules on that, so you can uh, be a team of uh, of any amateurs anywhere. So it should be fun. Uh, the uh, other contest we have here is the AWRL January VHF contest, and this starts at 1900 Zulu January 15th to 0359 Zulu January 17th. Bands there are 50 megahertz and up. And modes are any. And what is this? This is uh, for amateurs in the U.S. and Canada and their possessions to work as many amateur radio stations as possible in different two degrees by one degrees maidenhead grid squares. So just grid squares. So much words there Uh, as possible using authorized frequencies above 50 megahertz stations outside the U.S. and Canada and their possessions may only work stations in the U.S. and its possessions and Canada. So, again, check out the rules if you have any questions whatsoever. The higher bands as you go, the more points you can earn per contact. So uh, having multiple bands is pretty uh, pretty good for your score. Also a great one to do some uh, rovering. So uh, be on the lookout for picking up some rovers and possibly some rare grid squares for all you Fred Fish uh, chasers out there. Uh, again, there's no state QSO party challenge, uh, that weekend. So no, uh, no, no other state QSO parties just because we have a, a state, you know, <laughs> an, a, a whole nationwide QSO party going on that weekend. Uh, generally not good to have those running side by side. So, uh, there you go. That's what we got for the next two weeks. What do we got for special events?
1: All right. Coming up in amateur radio special events, we've got a few here to to talk about. There are more than this. You can check out the ARRL contest calendar if you want to find out what else is going on out there. But here's some highlights. We have the American Revolution, Revolution. Oh, that's a cool word. American Revolution Battles of Princeton. Uh, I think that's just one battle. Battle of Princeton. (laughs) Uh, Commemoration. This will be operating from January 1st, which is already happening, through January 9th. 23.59 23.59 Zulu is the end time. Call sign and this is Whiskey to Papa. Frequency, the only one listed was 14.250, and so I'm going to assume it's going to be phone. And to commemorate the historic Battle of Princeton, the Delaware Valley Radio Association will, let's see, that's the DeVura, will operate a special event station on the days of the battle from its club station. The club station is located right along the route of the March from Washington's troops from the river crossing at McConkey's Ferry, now Washington Crossing, PA to the battle sites in Trenton and Princeton. QSL card for the W2P event can be had by sending a self-addressed stamped envelope. Additionally, for contacting W2P and the previous event, W2T, you can get a certificate conferring a commission as lieutenant in the Continental Army Signal Corps for 5 bucks if you want that, if you want to pay for a piece of paper. So there's that. Next, we have the 80th anniversary of the 8th Air Force. This will be operating from January 19th at 0400 Zulu to January 24th at 0359 Zulu. Call sign is WW2FLY, Whiskey, Whiskey 2, Foxtrot, Lima, Yankee. Frequencies will be on or about 1.900, 3.840, 7.180, and 14.250. And I comment that one like I'm European. Modes will be Phone. And this is, we are the World War II Flying Fortress Amateur Radio Club. This club was started for the more than 50,000 airmen who lost their lives in the four years of World War II. And the majority of those losers, oh man, (laughs) losses, not losers. Losers! (laughs) That was was misreading. I was not saying anything about the airmen of the 8th Air Force. (laughs) The losses were on bomber missions over Nazi Germany in B-17s and B-24s. The average age of the crew of a B-17 was less than 25, with four officers and six enlisted airmen manning the aircraft. We can't wait till the special event we have in the making for the 80th year anniversary of the 8th Airborne World War II certificate is available. That information actually came from a QRZ about uh, W-2FLY, and links to the additional information will be in the show notes. And the next one, there really wasn't much information about it, but I think it all sort of makes sense, uh, is the Silent Key Memorial Weekend. This will be operating January 21st, 0000 Zulu, to January 23rd, 2359 Zulu. Call signs are Kilo 5 Delta and Kilo Foxtrot 5 Uniform Papa Charlie. Frequencies will be on or about 7.265 and 14.265 phone. And this is to remember those who have passed on silent keys will never be forgotten. More information is on Facebook and a link to the information is in the show notes or will be very soon by the time you hear this. So that's all I've got for the next couple of weeks in upcoming special events. So we move on to announcements. So announcements. Well, the big announcement is that we're going to be messing with recording, recording schedule. We are going to be recording one, two more episodes on Thursday night. The next short topic and the next deep dive will be on Thursday at 8 o'clock Central Time. And then, assuming the world doesn't collapse, Bill will be headed to Ireland, which means we're going to have to adjust for the fact that he's going to be six hours ahead of me. So with that in mind, we're going to move the recordings when he is away to 2 p.m central time on sunday sunday afternoon 2 p.m that will be approximately for three months so mid mid january through sort of mid to late april and then just to make things even more confusing when bill comes back from ireland we are going to permanently move the recording schedule from thursdays to wednesday we will be keeping the time the same it'll be 8 p.m central time But we'll be doing Wednesdays because that seems to interfere far less with our lives in general. It also allows us to get on nets we want to get on. And hopefully it allows more people to actually tune in and listen because we won't be going up against, like, Neil and, like, everything that everybody has going on on Thursday nights. So so stay tuned for that. We'll be announcing all the stuff on the website, potentially through the mailing list if I ever get the thing working properly and on those, all the social media platforms. So again from the from 449 through whatever the one that gets recorded in late April we will be recording on Sundays and then after that we'll be recording on Wednesdays going forward. So there you go. Everyone's been updated. Anything else to add to the announcements or to to that schedule at all?
3: No, nope, sounds like good enough.
1: All right, and for a Linux in the Ham Shack Ham Radio challenge for this weekender, I threw in here, experience remote station operation with some hardware or software, your choice, that allows you to be on the air somewhere away from the control point. So try and experiment with, uh, you know, doing things remotely. We have an entire episode dedicated to technologies, both hardware and software, that allow you to do this. And since that episode, we have talked with a couple of folks who actually produce software that allow you to do headless remote operation of your radios and i've found it lately to be kind of a cool thing to do so give that a shot if you have the opportunity so let's quickly move from amateur radio topics into open source and we'll let bill go ahead and cover this because neither of us has actually tried this distribution but it did look kind of interesting um i don't think it's yeah it does say uh pretty much everything you need to know about it i did see that the screenshots of it looked pretty sexy i don't know if they're as good as like Deepin or garuda uh but it it does use kde so it's you know it's got some eye candy so bill what do we got
3: so yeah this is blue star linux (laughs) And it's already starting well because Blue Star Linux is an Arch Linux based distribution uh, built with the understanding that people want and need a solid operating system that's not Ubuntu uh, that provides a breadth of functionality and ease of use without sacrificing aesthetics. Blue Star is offered in three editions Desktop, Desk Pro, and Developer, each tailored to address the needs of a variety of Linux users. BlueStar can be installed permanently as a robust and fully configurable operating system on a laptop or desktop system, or it can run effectively as a live installer and supports an addition of persistent storage to those who choose not to perform a permanent installation. So that means it'd be great for a thumb drive distro. Uh, A BlueStar Linux software repository is also maintained in order to provide additional tools and applications when needed or requested. Uh, Blue Star provides the following features an up to date kernel, a wide variety of applications, always current versions, full development, desktop, and multimedia environment. So, this is Blue Star Linux. It's Arch based. Check it out. Downloads are on SourceForge. So, the link's in the show notes.
1: Yeah, very good. And before we move on, uh, Darren in the chat room mentioned on the Ham Radio Challenge about re- remote operation something called RC4B romeo charlie for bravo uh not the number four the (laughs) for and i don't know what that is but we will definitely investigate it and put a link to it and he says his club uses two remote stations with that particular application so there's something you might be able to try we haven't touched on it but there will be a link for more information there you go
3: smells like windows <laughs> it
1: may be it may be but we've talked about everything here not, yeah, not just the 10. good stuff
3: windows 10. Right. windows 10 it's over on remotehams.com. i think we have talked about it in the past but uh yeah we'll probably come back and revisit it at some point all right very
1: good so hopefully cheryl has returned to her post and is not deep in the face bags <laughs> and because this is where she usually picks up when we get to open source events and there's only a couple of them going here because you know december and january are kind of slow months for open source events but we do have a couple of things to mention, so take it away.
0: Okay, our first one is L and D Innovations and Tech Fest Sydney. It is February third and fourth. It is held in Sydney, Australia. And the cost is $16.50 to $26.95 Australian and the info on it is the world has changed learning has changed businesses are demanding new technologies are emerging employees have different expectations and it's never been more important to embrace and develop different skill sets and abilities to ensure adaptability and to retain talent we're rethinking learning not only what's being learned but when and how the big L and D shift is on. L and D is a core business function with a seat at the table for high level strategic conversations. L and D Innovation and Tech Fest will run alongside HR Innovation and Tech Fest, the fastest growing and most vibrant HR event. And there'll be more information in the show notes regarding that one. And the next one is the Open Source World East. It is February 8th through 11th. It is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The cost is free to $3,599 U.S. Information is Open Source World is focused on open source business users and potential users who are interested in getting more in-depth experience with open source and who also want to learn more from open source adopters and see what's happening in the open source market. Open Source World at IT Expo is a pure play IP conference where decision makers will learn they have a cost-effective and powerful choice. Open Source World gives these audiences the opportunity to experience the global reach of open source and the world-class solutions which can solve traditional problems with new technologies and techniques. And more information on this is also in the show notes.
1: All right. Very good. So a couple of things. And you notice how when everything's going back to in-person, stuff's getting pricey again. So, um that still has an expo only free option but you know when you when you set foot on the expo floor or in the tutorial rooms the prices jump up significantly i think uh all these all these uh, conferences are glad we're we're trying to move out of the virtual space so they can make some money again wonder what's going to happen with uh the qso today expo when, it, when everything returns to normal. Are we still going to have virtual expos? I guess we will, right? So,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that might be in 2027. Who knows? <laughs> so, all right, moving on, we have the Linux and the Hamtack Open Source Challenge, which I just sort of cut and pasted from the Amateur Radio Challenge, and I said, check out WFU. Or some other solution that gives you the option of remote station operation. But in this case, try an open source one, not something like rc for b which is not that. So, <laughs> bike me in the chat room says, check your COVID variant at the door. <laughs> nope. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're not going to keep that one. You're not going to keep that one in the holster. You're going to bring it with you. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> So now we've gotten through amateur radio, we've gotten through open source. So we're down to the good stuff, the hedonism, the wine, women, and song, and all of the things, you know, that go to make life an enjoyable endeavor. And we start that always with Cheryl and food. So what kind of good food do you have on the menu tonight?
0: Tonight is the one pot enchilada rigatoni. And I am the type of person where I love casseroles and hearty meals in the winter but it gets boring when it's Italian. So this gives it a little spin, gives a Mexican fling to it. And for this, you'll need a pound of hamburger or ground beef, a can of mild enchilada sauce, a can of evaporated milk, a pound of rigatoni pasta uncooked, a can of whole kernel corn with red and green bell peppers in it, and two cups of shredded Mexican cheese. Um, and cook your meat and... Add your enchilada sauce, evaporated milk, hot water, pasta, and corn. Uh, Heat to boiling over high heat. Reduce the heat. Simmer. Stirring occasionally. Do not drain this. Remove from the heat. Stir in some cheese. Top with crushed tortilla chips, cilantro, green onions if you desire. And poof, you have dinner in probably about 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, Green
1: onions, I desire. (laughs) I know you desire green onions. (laughs) I love green onions.
0: Whatever. Both both the food at. and the song. What? Oh, please don't get started on that. <laughs>
1: all right. I won't get started.
0: All right. All right. And for my mixed drink corner, I picked the Toasted Almond. And it is uh, it is not snowing right now, but it has snowed today. And this calls for a nice winter drink. And this one definitely fits the bill. It calls for two parts vodka, two parts amaretto. One part of coffee liqueur, like Kahlua, and three parts of heavy cream. Uh, Dump all this in a shaker with some ice. Uh, Shake it up good, strain it into a glass, and garnish with a little bit of nutmeg to add a warm, spicy flavor to the drink.
1: That does actually sound good, because we discussed this a little bit earlier, and it's essentially a mudslide where you swap the Irish cream for amaretto, and then throw a little nutmeg in. So, that definitely sounds good. It sounds sweet, but... It sounds
0: yes, good. Yeah, so it's definitely
1: going to be very sweet. So, And Dan, KB6NU in the chat room says that Eric is planning to keep the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo going, even after the return to in-person Ham Fest, because he feels that the audience is different from the folks that go to Hamcation or ham bench. So that, that may be entirely true. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that too. So we have my drink corner after Cheryl's food and drink corner. Uh, Tonight, people are probably wondering why I haven't reviewed this in the almost four years I've been doing reviews, but I actually haven't had a bottle of it until recently. So we're talking about Angel's Envy Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. There was some controversy about this that I saw somewhere that because it's finished in port wine casks that it technically can't be called bourbon. And I don't know if that's true. I, I didn't get a chance to, to do the research on it. So I don't know if it's technically a bourbon or if it's just an American whiskey with a port wine finish, but either way, it is what it is. (laughs) Where other bourbons stop, Angels Envy finishes. Angels Envy Kentucky straight bourbon is finished in port wine casks for an award winning spirit. We guide each batch's conditioning, blending our handcrafted bourbon in small batches of eight to 12, eight to 10 barrels at a time. Boy, this is the first episode of the year and already it seems long. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. so from what i could tell from searching around the interwebs the mash bill on angel's envy is 72 percent corn 18 percent ryan, 10 percent malted barley which definitely fits the mash bill of a bourbon it's bottled at 43.3 percent or 86.6 proof which is kind of a weird number but it's slightly above 43 which makes it not quite as sucky as something that's bottled at 40 It comes out of Louisville, Kentucky. It has a nice medium amber color, and it's in a pretty recognizable and, I think, uh, pleasing-to-the-eye bottle that a lot of people associate with Angel's Envy. It's kind of one of the few whiskeys, and it may be the only one that's actually bottled in a bottle that looks like Angel's Envy, so it's pretty distinctive when you see it on the shelf. The nose on it is weird. (laughs) What I got out of it was oak, dark fruit, like black cherry, raisin, peanut brittle, baking spice, buttered biscuit, and Sharpie. Sharpie. Quite literally. Like, the neck bore when I first started it, was very strong on the, yep, this is a black marker. <laughs> I will say that as I've drunk down more into the bottle, that, that Sharpie note has gone away. 99 percent but there's still kind of a little essence of it there so just be prepared for the fact that you might pick up a little bit of sharpie marker now if you're like me i am straight up fine with sniffing sharpies so (laughs) (laughs) those things are are wonderful (laughs) so so it doesn't really detract from it for me but overall you know well you'll see when we get to the bottom here the taste on it is fairly similar not quite as not quite as distinctive as some of the nose scents there's raisin dark fruits cocoa baking spice oak dune grass and fruitcake which i got off there um all of those sort of meld together but the longer you drink it the more you can piece them out and the finish on it is a medium length it would be longer if it was higher proof um, but the low proof kind of makes it fade pretty quick you get some hints of the fruit notes a little bit of the oak some peanut flavor and a vague sweetness Overall, I was not particularly impressed. I will say that the more I drank of it, and this has nothing to do with getting drunker, but <laughs> honestly, the more of it I had, the flavors tended to be a little bit stronger and a little bit more enjoyable, not quite as acerbic as they were at the very beginning. But I didn't, I did adjust my rating by one point up, <laughs> but it's still not good. And the price on this is really high for something that's bottled on, at 43%. I've seen it anywhere from $40 to like 110 depending on where you buy it from. So if you're going to buy this and try it, I would definitely recommend staying on the low end of that scale, as close to $40 as you can get, <laughs> because I don't find this particularly enjoyable. And I'm probably in the minority on that, because everybody I know or everybody I've ever heard of, with a couple of exceptions in online reviews really digs angel envy but honestly for port finished whiskey i've mentioned this before i think and i may have even done a review of it the isaac bowman port finished whiskey is way better than angels envy and it's cheaper too i think so anyway i don't remember what i rated it but what i did do is i gave angels envy an 82 out of 100 so it's pretty low but that being said i did make an old-fashioned with it and it's much better in an old-fashioned it makes a really good old-fashioned. I would give it somewhere in the 90s as as a whiskey to put it in an old-fashioned. So there you go. If you want to spend a you know a lot on a whiskey that's not particularly good but make old-fashions with it, uh, you could certainly do worse. So anyway, that's all I have to say about Angel's Envy, Kentucky straight bourbon, maybe, whiskey. So. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I looked up the the rule regarding bourbon. According to the ATF, as of 2018, and they were trying to change the law a little bit, but as of 2018, in order for it to be called bourbon, it had to be aged in a 50-gallon new charred oak barrel. But because so many companies have changed to using port wine or other barrels, rum, whatever, they were, they were thinking about changing that and also changing the barrel size. So, I don't know, I, the, the legislation on it is massive, and I'm not going to read through all of it to see whether or not they passed the <laughs> rule or not, but that was, that was the deal in 2018, was they were trying to kind of overthrow that, that regulation because of these, you know, new types. But a, according to what they said, it could not be even called a whiskey it had to be called a cock or a, a liqueur if it Ah. wasn't, if it wasn't done in a new oak barrel.
1: Well, I'm sure this is aged in new charred oak barrels. It's just, it's finished in port wine. Same as Isaac Bowman. But
0: but apparently it can't be finished in anything either.
1: No, you can finish whiskey and still call it whiskey. You just can't call it bourbon.
0: Okay. I'm just telling you what I read.
1: No, I understand that, but I've, I mean, I'm in the whiskey tribe and they talk about this all the time. You can finish whiskey in something and still call it whiskey. It's just whether or not you can call it bourbon. Okay. Again, we're we're still at maybe. <clears throat> but whatever it is, it's Angel's Envy. So, and Angel's Envy has a rye and I've heard that the rye is much better than the quote unquote, I'm air quoting bourbon. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we'll get to that. And I see that uh, Darren in the chat room said that Angels Envy in Australia comes out to the US equivalent of $104 and I said, stay the hell away from it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's totally not worth it. Yeah. I mean, I do have to say, if you do go to, uh, to Louisville, it is a pretty cool place to visit because that's where they're at. Right. And I've been there and yeah, they're, they're just, it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, old Forrester and, and Angels Envy are like the two big ones right there in town so <laughs> definitely worthwhile going there and yeah that's it's a bit pricey and you did uh, review Isaac Bowman back in episode 275 back in March of 2019 and you gave it a 89 yeah 89
1: see, yeah it's much better than Angel's envy for sure
3: yeah so validators <laughs> yeah so
1: so what do you got anything
3: I'm just sitting here uh, with my uh, my uh, Eagle Rare (laughs) because I figure uh, you know it's not going to drink itself in the next week and a half. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Eagle Rare, enjoy. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's a that's a real good whiskey there. If you're gonna if you're gonna spend fifty or sixty bucks on something, go with Eagle Rare. (laughs) Very good. Well, that brings us down to the end of the show. This has been the Weekender, the 84th edition of the Weekender. It's hard to believe. But before we get out of here, let's mention the folks who are with us tonight in the chat room. We had Darren, vk 6 ek Ted, WA0EIR, Anthony, N0WJE, Dan, KB6NU, BikeMe, and Tony, K4XSS. Thanks, guys, for being with us for the first show of 2022. We hope everybody's year is going well so far. And stay tuned to all the social media sites and the website about the upcoming recording night changes. We'll make sure everybody's well aware of what we're doing and when we're doing it and with that we'll go ahead and get on out of here we hope you have a great couple of weeks and uh tune in for you know in 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 a little bit when you're gonna hear what bill sounds like from ireland it's gonna be interesting so (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's get out of here this has been episode number 446 of linux in the hampshire i'm russ k5 tux
0: i'm cheryl w5 moo
3: and I'm Bill, NE4RD, 73.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Shack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at urlbctsinfo Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com-lhspodcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter, and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS Podcast on the Freenode Network, and the Discord invite link is URL.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at or leave us a voicemail at one nine zero nine. LHS show that's one nine oh nine five four seven seven four six nine visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or hamfest. email ambassadors at LHS podcast info for more information Or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.